0: Welcome to Microworks Talks. I'm your host, Xavier Gallego, VP of Brand and Marketing, and I'm delighted to take you with me on our journey to grow the future of materials. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we are going to talk with Maud Oller, Vice President of Technology, Development and Microworks, and fermentation scientist. We will discover the role of mycelium In the material industry, we'll talk about our technology and their challenges on scalability, and we will tap into some of the trend words that the industry are talking about, like the role of data in all the scientific process or durability and sustainability. So stay tuned and let's get started. Hi, Matt. How are you?
1: Hi, Chevy. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm excellent. Better now that you're here with us. I'm really excited to talk to you about a few things. I know that you've been leading the charge in the tech TechDev uh, Department here at Microworks. And it's an area that I'm very excited about, and I wanted to know, I have a lot of questions. So hopefully you can answer a, a few of those questions. But before we get started, you know, if you've been hearing the podcast in the past year, you know that we always ask the same question. And is when did you hear the word mycelium for the first time?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, what's funny about it is that I really remember that moment for some reason. I heard that word for the first time about 15 years ago. Back then, I was a student in France. And the context in which I I heard it was in a biology class where we were specifically talking about vegetal biology, actually. And mycelium and tree roots can actually team up together and form uh, what we call a symbiosis, which means that they basically help out each other to find the nutrients that they need to grow and and develop. And I remember that at that time, I realized that there was a fascinating invisible world that we didn't really know much about, especially back then. And it was fascinating to know that these tiny microorganism were actually helping out the trees to grow and develop
0: nice so you heard the word mycelium which is in, in French is different i imagine how it, is it
1: it's mycelium
0: mycelium so you heard myc- mycelium and then what was your reaction
1: i was fascinated you know it's something new and i was getting ready for biotechnology studies so i was at a stage in my life where I was discovering, you know, this world and how we could leverage microorganisms to produce pretty much anything. And I was just fascinating to realize how large that world was and how large of an opportunity it was for all of us.
0: Did you study mycelium after that or was it just like a word in a class?
1: I didn't specifically study mycelium. However, I studied microorganisms, and more so fermentation, which is how to leverage and grow microorganisms for them to produce pretty much anything we want them to produce. So mycelium was a part of that.
0: Nice. So you're an expert, basically. We are, we are talking with a, a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, uh, where were you before you came to MicroWorks?
1: I've been working in, in the biotech industry for about uh, 10 years now. Wow and I have been lucky to work in in a couple of great companies actually across the world. I started in Switzerland at Evolva and then transitioned to Copenhagen for the there same you know. company. Then I joined Zimogen in the Bay Area, which, which has been acquired by Ginkgo pretty recently. And after that, I worked at Ameris for a couple of years before joining Microworks.
0: Amazing. Well, I, I have to say that we were in Copenhagen recently And we uh, encountered some folks that are listening to the podcast, so I want to say hi to them. You know who you are. They might be listening because uh, they had a lot of questions about mycelia and how we do our thing and our process. And I was trying to do my best, but I think that you are the right person to answer all those questions. So today we'll try to answer a few. And if you have more, please drop us a line, email or Instagram. We always love to hear your thoughts. So... The industry, of course, the alternative material industry is changing a lot. The past 10 years, like uh, we've learned, learned a lot around you know, mycelia, bacteria, organisms that can help us revolutionize a little bit the industry and how we create materials for anything. But why is mycelium so important? Or why do you think mycelium is good on, on, on that revolution?
1: I think there is a fantastic opportunity with mycelium. I think we're going to be talking about our strain a little bit more in detail, but there is definitely some character associated with it, some resilience too, which means that we have an organism that can grow in different conditions and would do different things in different environment. And by unlocking that, we can definitely get to several very different products that would make sense in, in different applications.
0: So what I'm hearing is the variation, or like how versatile the mycelia is, is what's interesting. And why is that? Like, what is the difference between mycelia and bacteria or organi- other organisms that could exist today to create things?
1: Yeah, I think that mycelia actually has has something pretty unique. At least the strain we work with here <laughs> is very unique. Uh, in the lab, we, we like to say it's, some sort of diva or, you know, that it has a very strong temper. Oh. Um, it's going to definitely react to the environment. For example, if there is an, an obstacle in the way it can change its course, which would lead to us in a different structure, potentially a different material, it reacts to light. So all of our labs and, and growth environment here are mostly in the dark. And the reason why that is is because if we actually put it in the right condition including the right type of light, our mycelium would fruit and form a mushroom, uh, which is a completely different type of living organism. And what is interesting too is that our mycelium is, is, of course, very natural. We can find it in nature. We can find it in our forests, Yeah, even in California here. And actually the mushroom form is also known to be very healthy, has some very interesting properties. So there is definitely something very unique, very special, associated with our mycelium. And by working with it and understanding more and more how it works, how we can grow it, we definitely realize that today we only know the tip of the iceberg and we still have a lot to find out about it, which is going to help us to also unlock everything we can do with it.
0: It always blows my mind like, that we know so little. I remember, like, talking to Phil and Rachel in the past, and, like, they, they, they all tell me we know very, very little. Yeah. And, and we can do what we can do, and it's, it's fantastic, to be honest. And at least when we walk around with the, the finished product, the Reishi, and we let people touch it, and you see their reactions, it's like, cool. Like, we're just scratching the surface of something. Right. And it's blowing your mind. Yeah. So imagine. Well, let's fantasize a little bit more uh, more about mycelia because I think it's a good topic. Where are the things that we don't know that you think that everybody should know about mycelia?
1: I think that what we're finding out is depending on, again, the environment in which we grow it, we're going to get a different outcome. And so, for example, just like us, depending on what we feed to it, it's going to use that source of nutrition for making different things that are going to go into its composition. Mm-hmm. And for us, it means a different sheet quality. But when you think about it, it's the same for humans, right? Our yeah, performance you what you eat. Exactly. And <laughs> so this definitely applies to our mycelium. It has this capacity to grow on wood and to uh, to destroy the wood molecules, the cellulose and, and lignin and hemicelluloses which I think is also pretty interesting. Not all microorganisms can do that. But what we are finding out is that the type of wood matters and would lead to a different behavior from the mycelium and lead to a different Raichi sheet for us. Mm-hmm.
0: It's such a beautiful poetry that uh, it creates in the destruction, you know. It yeah, builds things it while it destroys things. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, I, I want to add a little bit of context to the folks that might not be familiar with our process, and you're talking about environment
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the marketing terms, like that's the fine mycelium technology where we control everything. Can you tell us more of the things that we control? Like how much do we control the environment here?
1: For us, when we talk about environment, we're talking about these big trays that we use to produce our material. So these are some enclosed trays, right with the lead in which we mix different types of sawdust. We inoculate our mycelium in these trays and we place the trays in a controlled environment with defined temperature, humidity, light. Hmm. Uh, In our case, it's no light or red light. And this is how we we grow our material.
0: You're almost creating like a universe in a tray.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And mycelia is just like, you're creating different planets in each tray. Yeah. That's crazy. So... What are the challenges to scale this technology?
1: Before I answer the question, I can give some context on what scaling up means in in the biotech industry. Typically in the past, when I've been involved with scaling up, we were basically talking about bigger volume, meaning producing more in one bigger piece of equipment. And there were some challenges associated with that. For us, it's actually a completely different question because we use these trays that are standardized. So the volume in which we produce our reishi is standardized. So it's not about using a bigger tray or something like that. But for us, it means growing more trays in parallel, leading to the same product. So if we talk about the big fine mycelium factory that we are currently building in South Carolina, we're going to have dozens of thousands of trays Growing raishi all at the same time in parallel, but in different trays. And the challenge there is to make sure that we exactly replicate the same growth condition in order to obtain the exact same raishi quality coming out of each of the trays.
0: So it's how you can replicate the same process at scale more than make it a bigger thing? Yes. Got it. And let me uh, go back to the recent conference that I was. I was in the Global Fashion Summit in Copenhagen. It was really interesting. And the word "data" was dropped in every single conversation, thousands of times. How important is data for us?
1: Data is super important for us, and we really. It's interesting because what we're producing is very artistic, right? We have this yeah. artistic material that we're making. And in order to get there with the, the specs that we need to hit all of the, the markets that we're interested in, we really have to take this data-driven approach. And remember that the way we produce our material is actually by using science. We're using fermentation science, which means we are, we are controlling what our mycelium is doing because we want it to do the right thing, right, to do the right material, and so everything we do here is science. And most of my team is made of scientists and engineers who design experiments in order to understand how to basically improve the quality of our sheets by changing the conditions, the fermentation conditions that we use to produce raishi. So most of my daily life here consists in reviewing data uh-huh. and understanding. What the levers are?
0: How do we make sure that we're collecting the right data? Huh,
1: that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but it's like, that's a, one of the things that I, I was more concerned. Like talking about data is fine. I can talk, say the word data and we, I'm collecting data. But how do we know it's the right data? What is like a, an indicator for you that we are collecting or we are using the right data?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a scientist by training and I feel like it's inherent to a scientist's personality to always doubt <laughs> <That's good. laughs> and be curious. So uh, it's, it's a tough question. But I think that there are two types of data today that we consider really critical. Uh, there is really the, the fermentation data that is really around the growth of the mycelium, how it grows, in which direction, how it looks like under the microscope what it produces as well. So we're really characterizing the growth part, which is really the fermentation part. And then, so that's, you know, a big set of data by itself. And then the other data we're looking into is the, the crust data, right? So by fermentation, we produce the first pass of our material, which, is, uh, which we call crust, and we characterize it really thoroughly And we look at this data in order to determine if our experimental design led to any changes or any improvements or any observations that are going to be helpful for us to set up the right technology for the future.
0: It's amazing. So we know a lot since day one that we started putting things on the tray so we can know when it grew, what direction it took, how long did it take, the color that it had, all that kind of stuff from day one. Is that what you're telling me?
1: Yeah, that's correct. We are definitely monitoring that. And throughout our process, we're also interacting with our mycelium a few times, actually, about a dozen of times. And so we also monitor how our mycelium responds to the interactions that we have in place throughout our process.
0: Wow. Well, what I'm hearing is traceability. What I'm hearing is that we have a level of traceability that we unlock a level of traceability that didn't exist before because... From growth to production, we have every single detail of what we're doing, no?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's crazy. Well, I love that. (laughs) So we were talking about how to scale, find my silum And I know that your team and yourself, you're very involved today uh, and make that big plan that we're building in South Carolina successful. And you're developing a lot of experiments to learn how to better implement our technology over there. I mean, we can talk about the challenges that you have today, but I would love to hear what do you see the industry, the mycelium industry, in 10 years as well? So let's start for today. What are the biggest challenges that you have in BIDAR, like uh, South Carolina plan?
1: Yeah, like I said today, it really seems like we've been only exploring the tip of the iceberg, right? So we are actually really pioneering the field. A lot of the mycelium research is being led today by by You know, again, in my past life in the biotech world, when we wanted to use a microorganism, even apply to the production of something new. We would start by reading the literature and and we were usually finding some pieces of answers at least or some starting points, some recipes even to grow a microorganism. We don't really have that today. So today we are really...
0: We're writing uh, the book. We are writing the book today,
1: (laughs) which is an amazing opportunity scientifically and also as an industry, right? So we are writing our own book, we are writing our own story, and this is something that is very unique to my co-works. And this applies to everything we do. And this applies to, to VIDAR as well. So we have a very talented team in the tech dev team with scientists with different backgrounds. And people work very closely together in order to identify the best way to, to scale up the production of, of our Raishi.
0: Wow. It sounds like a big responsibility to be a pioneer. How is the community around you beyond MicroWorks getting feed that information? Do we share a lot or are we just like very protective on our IP or how we share what we know?
1: Yeah, I think it's a big responsibility. It's also a fantastic opportunity for all of us at different yeah. levels. And let's say that we surround ourselves with experts and, and advisors that can continue to help us in being successful there. So it's a balance, right, of sharing with the right people who yeah, can yeah. help us get better and also protecting our technology enough so we remain pioneers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember like we had, and we still have some resources in our website for more basic mycelium stuff that um, they feel curated back in the day. And I think it's very useful as a, as a tool. And I imagine that in the future we'll share more as, as we get bigger and bigger and bigger because it's our responsibility, you know?
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: So talking about the future of mycelium, what do you imagine this industry being in 10 years?
1: Well, it's it's hard for me to imagine a <laughs> limit, you know, coming from, again, the biotech world where we typically use microorganisms to produce anything and everything. I think that with our mycelium, we're at the very beginning of that. And, you know, I'm sure that the future is going to be mycelial, no, no doubt there. We know that it's going to be a game changer for materials, but also it goes way beyond that, right? It's probably going to be applied to construction. It's already used for producing some drugs and medicine, so I can only see an increase in the future of this opportunity. Food is also a big topic these days, and I'm sure that mycelium can answer lots of questions there. So I think the sky is the limit.
0: Wow, what a good moment and time to be a biologist and a scientist, no?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: My last question, and and I ask that also in every podcast, and I think it's very important. One of the things that you hear in every single conference, again, it's a lot of sustainability. Sustainability here and there. And I don't know, it it feels like a lot of greenwashing. And everybody has their own definition of it. And I want to hear your definition. Yeah. of sustainability.
1: It's not easy, right? I agree with you <laughs> that it, it can mean a lot of different things. For me, sustainability definitely means that it has to be integrated, integrated in society, integrated with nature. It also means durability. I think it means that we have to find a way to borrow resources from Earth and, and find a way to give them back and have a, this integrated loop. Uh, that can sustain over time. But I think there is a lot more to that as well. I think it means peace as well. And yeah, I think sustainability is definitely the future.
0: I love that you're talking about durability. And sometimes when we talk about sustainability, durability is almost like, not the opposite, but very close to it. Because something that is durable, it might not be sustainable, at least the way that we build things today, you know, because like Mm -hmm. durable means Plastic or oil-based or something that has performance and sustainable means something that made it with partnership with nature, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you imagine durability?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that there might be. So, I'm, I'm French, and and in French, which translates sustainability by durable development, basically, which which means that uh, it's the opposite of what you're saying—that we would develop things in a way. Uh, that is respectful to the environment, and and therefore that can keep on going and go through these loops continuously without creating any any damage.
0: Yeah, well, Maud, thank you so much. I don't know if you have any questions for me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 but thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. I hope you, we can talk uh, in six months or so when the plan in South Carolina is going on. And we all have more time because I know that you're very busy. So I appreciate your time. And um, and we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you so much, Chevy.
0: Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed as much as I did hosting it. We are thrilled to have you with us in our journey. So... If you want to learn more, please follow our Instagram page at MikeWorks for our latest news and more. This episode is being produced by Maddie Nathans, sound editing by Corny Ballardo, content editing by Chanda Aloto.